As you know, this is Religious Liberty Sabbath. And around the world, our people this morning are thinking of the responsibility that is ours. We have been told that to us has been committed the banner of religious liberty, that reformers like Luther carried generations ago. It's well for us to understand, of course, what liberty is, and shall I say what it isn't. thought we might meditate a bit this morning on liberty, the nature of liberty. The psalmist says, I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. This is echoed in the New Testament in the text that I would like to have you turn to, James, the second chapter, and the twelfth verse. James 2.12. There are those that have the idea that the Old Testament is the testament of law, and the New Testament is the testament of freedom from law. But James, in one verse, unites for us the concepts of liberty and law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. There we have it. The law of liberty. Liberty, then, is not freedom without responsibility, not at all. One of our missionaries was telling us that some of the natives over there in Africa, as they heard about freedom coming, their idea of freedom was this, that uh, as soon as they got independence, got freedom, then they could travel on any side of the road they wanted to. Some of them had still, uh, shall I say, worse ideas. You know, they're in the Congo. Some of those natives, they actually walked along and they picked out what house they were going to have, some white man's house that they were going to have as soon as they got freedom, and whose wife they were going to take as soon as they got freedom. Of course, we don't have any ideas like that, do we? Well, I wonder, friends, I wonder if we have become fully emancipated from primitive or childish ideas of liberty. We are to be judged by the law of liberty. Not nobler is than to be free. The stars of heaven are free because in amplitude of liberty their joy is to obey the laws. All through God's vast creation we see the beautiful result of following the law of liberty. Only in this planet is that idea mixed up, confused. Eventually, the whole, all that confusion will be gone. And once again, 
one pulse of harmony and gladness will beat throughout the vast creation. So as we think about liberty this morning, let us remember that there is a law of liberty, and liberty is not freedom without responsibility. Liberty is the opportunity to choose. And that brings me to the next point I'd like to study with you, friends, and that is that nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take away from you that liberty. Now, we've just given an offering this morning for religious liberty. I wonder what that's for. Is that to keep people from taking away our liberty? No. No. Nobody, I repeat, can take away your liberty. Ah, but somebody says they might put us in jail. Yes, they might. They put Peter in jail. They put Paul in jail. But they didn't take away their liberty. Stone walls do not a prison make. Their iron bars a cage. They banished John over to the Isle of Patmos, but they didn't keep the angels out. They didn't keep John from receiving the greatest revelations of his life. He had a fellowship with God. We shall need to remember all this as we go into the repetition of the persecutions of the Dark Ages when we are bound in chains, confined in dungeons, we shall need to realize that we are still free. Free men, free women. Now, this makes the dragon full of wrath. It's because of this that he goes forth with great fury. It is not enough to suit his satanic majesty that those who oppose him are bound or confined in prison. He wants the soul to be bound. But God has made the soul free. They may burn Huss at the stake, but he dies free. They may crucify Peter with his head downward, but he dies free. They may confine one of God's children in prison for days, for months, for years. Do you remember one of those Huguenots? in southern France, during the Dark Ages, confined in a fortress for years. But on the wall of that old room had been written in French, Resist! Resist! And let me tell you, dear friends, backed by the Spirit of God, inspired by God, the will of man is omnipotent, 
And there are not men enough in this world, nor devils in hell, to take away that freedom. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage, Paul says in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and the first verse. Oh, friends, isn't it wonderful to be free? Wonderful to be free. And wonderful to know that no man, no set of men, can interfere with God's purpose for your life. That's echoed, in other words, in Romans 8.28. And we know that what? All things do what? Work together. What for? For good. Who to? Them that love the Lord. We love him, don't we? So all things are working together for our good. Thank the Lord this morning, friends, for the great fact of liberty. Nothing can take it from you except yourself. Now, you can sell off. You can become a slave by your choice. There's a report on tobacco. It's quite a topic of conversation this week points up the fact that millions of men are slaves by their own choice. And they freely admit that they'd like to get loose and can't. But we don't have to sell ourselves into slavery. We do not have to give up to the enemy. We do not have to obey his dictates. And men cannot force us. The devil would like to, but he can't. God won't let him. God could force us, but he won't. He invites. He pleads. He urges. He knocks at the door. But the soul is free. The soul is free. Some of you remember... That painting of Jesus knocking at the door, it's been painted by various artists at different times, but we are told that one of those paintings, painted many years ago, was viewed on its completion by the friends of the artist, and as they stood there looking at it, one of them said, haven't you forgotten something? He said, why? Why, they said, there's no latch on the door. Oh, he said, that's on the inside. That's on the inside. And God has put it there, my friend. And remember, no man can force that door. No devil can force that door. Inside. You stand. And if that door is open, you open it. Isn't that wonderful? That's why John the Baptist could stand erect in the presence of earthly monarchs. He wasn't afraid of King Herod. Ah, but somebody said he put him in a dungeon, yes. But he was still free. You ask John the Baptist about it in a little while when we see him. 
Ask him if he wasn't free all the while. Of course he was. Herod was the slave. Something he wanted to do. He couldn't do. He was held with a slavish infatuation to that woman that didn't belong to him. He was the slave. John the Baptist was free. Now there's something else about liberty that we ought to stop to think about this morning. I mentioned that liberty is not freedom without responsibility. So I'd like to look for a few moments at that point of the responsibility that goes with liberty. In Luke 16, the second verse, we hear the words addressed to the steward in Christ's story. Luke 16, 2. Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. While the fact of liberty is without controversy, let us remember that liberty is not something that belongs to us inherently. It is a gift from God. God has entrusted us with this precious gift, each one of us. And the greater the liberty that he gives us, the greater is our responsibility and accountability. Therefore, the more certain we become that nobody can take it from us, the more certain we need to be that someday we shall need to answer to God for how we use it. And you see, we will not be able to bring any alibi if it wasn't used rightly. We cannot say then, oh Lord, I know that I didn't do this, that, but somebody made me. No, nobody made you. Nobody made you. And when the weaklings say, would say, yes, but somebody did make me, look. He was going to whip me if I didn't do it. Or he was going to uh, torture me if I didn't do it. Or he was going to kill me if I didn't do it. God produces 50 million witnesses that men could take the beating and take the torturing and take the death rather than give up that freedom and stand for right. Yes, there's a responsibility that goes with freedom. A responsibility that would not be ours could we be forced by a human being. Give an account of thy stewardship. That comes at judgment day. And God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. So speak ye, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty we read in our opening text. Yes, we're to be judged by the law, the law of liberty. The freedom that has been given us, will our use of it will be reviewed 
Do you know what for? To see whether we shall have that liberty throughout eternity. Do you know something, friends? Everybody who loses that liberty at judgment day, every soul who loses life, shall I say, at that time, will of his own choice vote that that's the proper thing to be done with him. Read that closing chapter in Great Controversy. Get the picture. When all the world, everyone that has ever lived on the earth, will be alive upon it all at once. Adam and Eve will be there in Cain and Abel, Seth and Enoch, Enoch and Methuselah, Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, David and Saul, Elijah and Ahab, Peter and Paul, Caiaphas and Judas, they're all going to be there. Everyone. And upon the canvas of the heavens will be portrayed. I was about to compare it to a TV, but old friends, the TV is so little and so cheap and so inadequate. But there will be a living, moving, three-dimension picture. Vast in every way. The screen will be vast. The subject will be vast. Everything. Amen. And there we shall see that rebellion that began in heaven. There we shall see the creation of this world. There we shall watch the unfolding of the plan of salvation as well as the plans of the enemy. And every individual will see his own life vividly and accurately depicted, nothing omitted. When it's done, friends, the wicked with unanimity that has never been seen before, will bow down and confess that there is only one thing to do with this, and that is to put an end to the life which they have so abused. In other words, oh, market, God so values the power of choice that he has given to every individual. He puts such a price upon that individual liberty that he will not take away life without the intelligent consent of the individual to whom he is entrusted. intelligence that ever has been, the whole universe, will vote together. There will be no deadlock jury. No. 
everyone, even Satan himself, will confess that the sentence is just, that God's law is perfect, and that only by obedience to that law can life and liberty be enjoyed. I think that's wonderful, don't you? I cannot but admire the character of God. Now he's waited for 6,000 years. He's got to wait another thousand for all this to come to focus. But listen, friends. Some of us have trouble waiting five minutes for somebody to make up their mind on a matter of conscience. Do you know we do? Yes. We want to tell it to them now and have them decide two things. First, that they see it, and second, they're going to do it. Right now. Don't we? I'm glad God is so patient, aren't you? And remember this. Whenever we find lurking or more than lurking in our hearts, the spirits want to make people come around to our terms. Even if what we're talking about is right and true, let's remember that God never borrows the weapons of hell to do the work of heaven. God is waiting patiently knocking at the door. Let's wait with him on the porch. What do you say, sir? There's something so beautiful about the divine courtesy. Waiting on the porch. And you and I, as we deal with individuals, may seek to reflect, to reveal that divine courtesy. But with it, let us remind people and let us remind ourselves there is coming judgment day. There is coming the day of accounting. Give an account of thy stewardship. Now let's turn to John 8. And I want to study how we get liberty. I want to study how these 50 million people in the United States that would like to quit smoking this morning could quit. How they could be delivered from the slavery. And how somebody here can be delivered from the slavery of evil temper or some other sin that changes you. John the 8th chapter beginning with the 31st verse. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the son abideth forever. 
If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Oh yes. Here is freedom indeed. How does it come? It comes from the word of liberty. You remember back in the ancient service, there was a ceremony that typified this deliverance in Christ. A man might be a slave. He might have sold himself into slavery for a time. Or his land might have become alienated from him. But there came a time when the year of Jubilee arrived. And then the bells rang. The trumpets were blown. And the word of God was proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. That's inscribed on old Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, you know. The law of Moses had right in the heart of it this thought of liberty. God showed in many ways that he was trying to make everybody free, get rid of slavery. Slavery of man to man, slavery of man to sin, of man to Satan. Now Jesus, speaking to these people there in Jerusalem, he says, if you listen to what I tell you, if you'll accept it, then you'll be free. The truth will make you free. Ah, oh, but they angrily retorted, some of them, we're not slaves, we're Abraham's seed. And sadly, Jesus looked at those angry countenances and he said, Verily, verily, I tell you, whoever commits sin is the servant, the slave of sin. And isn't he? Yes. yes. These millions puffing away at something they know may give them lung cancer. For as Dr. Albert Oxner of New Orleans, the celebrated surgeon, says, anybody that smokes cigarettes will die of lung cancer unless he dies of something else first. There you have it. But they perform what? Slaves, poor souls. But I repeat, friends, there are other things that make men slaves. Any sin makes a man a slave. Ah, oh, but you say, I thought you said, Brother Prezee, that every man is free. You are free to be made free. You have the liberty to become free, but not of your own power. No man of himself can break the chain. No man of himself can open the prison doors. But Jesus was anointed that he might proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That's what he said in his first sermon there at Nazareth, as recorded in Luke 4. That's what he offers to you and me this morning. And the various slaves, the man deepest down in the dungeon, can cry to Christ and find deliverance. That's what happened that Sabbath morning in the synagogue at Capernaum. As that man under the dominion of evil spirits wandered in there, he heard Jesus talking, and deep down in his soul, there was a desire for freedom. 
But the devils that were in possession didn't want to let go. And they cried out. But Jesus looked beneath those words of demons and he saw way down underneath the desire of that soul. Thank God, friend. Every soul that cries to Jesus, even if it must be in the secret heart, everyone is heard. Call unto me and I will answer you, he says. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. May I read you some beautiful comments from Desire of Ages 466? And because I all, want all of you to get this, and I know that reading tends to put people to sleep, especially people that are already half asleep. Will you stand with me for a moment, please, all of you? We're prepared to listen to these wonderful words. Now, what were we talking about? Freedom and how we get free. All right. Every soul that refuses to give himself to God is under the control of another power. He is not his own. He may talk of freedom, but he is in the most abject slavery. He is not allowed to see the beauty of truth, for his mind is under the control of Satan. While he flatters himself that he is following the dictates of his own judgment, he obeys the will of the Prince of Darkness. Christ came to break the shackles of sin slavery from the soul. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. Now watch. In the work of redemption there is no compulsion. No external force is employed. Not even good force, if I may use that expression. You see, that's what some people don't understand. They are wishing that God would take somebody they're praying for and make them be good. Or it may be they're wishing that God would take them and make them be good. No, that isn't heaven's way. No external force is employed. Let me read on. In the work of redemption, there is no compulsion. No external force is employed. Under the influence of the Spirit of God, man is left free to choose whom he will serve. In the change that takes place when the soul surrenders to Christ, there is the highest sense of freedom. The expulsion of sin is the act of the soul itself. Oh, I think that's wonderful, Frank. Listen. If you ever give up the cigarette, you'll have to put it away. If you ever quit that wine cup, you'll have to lay it down. If you ever stop reading fiction, it's your hand that'll put that book aside. And so on with all the long list of sins. 
And listen, you cannot do it without God, that's sure. You're a slave if you're in slavery. But listen, God won't do it without you. Without him, we cannot. Without us, he will not. For it would violate the whole thing we're studying about this morning. Liberty, freedom. The expulsion of sin is the act of the soul itself. True, we have no power to free ourselves from Satan's control. But when we desire to be set free from sin, and in our great need cry out for a power out of and above ourselves, the powers of the soul are imbued with the divine energy of the Holy Spirit, and they obey the dictates of the will in fulfilling the will of God. Isn't that wonderful, friend? Why, yes. Here's some devil that years ago I invited in. I thought he was such a beautiful devil when he came around and knocked at my door. And he promised me all kinds of nice things, so I used my freedom of choice and I opened the door and let him in. There he is. Can I say to him this morning, get out? No, I can't. Ah, oh, you say it, but I thought you said you were free. Yes, I was free. But what did I do with my freedom? I used it to let that devil in. There he is, and he mocks me. He kicks me when he gets ready. He tells me what he wants me to do. And I have to pretty well dance to his music. I don't like it. I wish I could get rid of him. Or do I? Now that's the question. What can I do about it? There is one thing and one only thing, friends. I can cry to Jesus. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. He came to open the prison. He came to cast out the demons. And I can cry to him. And what will he do? Oh, watch this thing. And right at this point is the most important thing in the sermon this morning. Don't miss it. Many people have this picture that the soul just sort of sits there, you understand, and says, Lord, I see I can't do it. I can't do anything about it. You just have to take over and drive the devil out. That's the idea that some people have of the gospel. That isn't the picture at all, my friend. No. The expulsion of sin is the act of the soul itself. Oh, somebody says, I don't understand that. Well, let's study it. Expulsion, what does that mean? Well, in plain English, that means kick him out. Who's going to kick him out? You are. Oh, but I can't. I've tried a thousand times. Well, this time you're going to do it. What's the difference? Well, you've asked Jesus to come in. You know you can't do it without him. You're fully convinced of that. And so you cry to Jesus, and he comes. But when he comes in, you know what he says? Do you really want to get rid of that devil? Yes, all right. Tell him to go. Kick him out. Oh, but I've done that over and over again. Never mind, this time he's going to do it. Why? Because I am with you. I am with you. And when the will of man cooperates with the will of God, it becomes omnipotent. 
What does omnipotent mean? All-powerful. And no devil can stand in the way of omnipotent power. Oh, this is what the slaves of evil habits need to see, friends. There is power in Jesus, but they must see how it operates. Not apart from the will of man, but in and through the will of man. Listen, is there somebody in this morning here in slavery, not to a piece of tobacco, not to a glass of whiskey, but just in slavery to doubt and gloom. My, my. I'd almost rather be a slave to a cigarette than that. You know why? Well, you can throw a cigarette in the stove, but how do you, just how do you throw away doubt and gloom? Let me tell you there is only one way in the world to get rid of it, and that's to cry to Jesus and let him in and let the light of his love banish darkness. But remember, the expulsion of sin and gloom and doubt are sin brings. They may not be as ugly looking as vice and crime, but oh my, wouldn't you hate to live eternally in doubt and gloom? That would be eternal torment, wouldn't it? Oh, thank God we're not going to have that trouble. And it is your privilege to say to that doleful devil in the corner of your mind, Go! Oh, you say, he won't listen to me. He won't listen to you, friends, if you speak of yourself. But if you invoke the name of Jesus, if you say in the name of Jesus Christ, Be gone! I shall walk at liberty! Because I've given my heart to God, I've opened the windows of the soul heavenward. I believe the sunshine of love is streaming into my soul. I am free. I will be free. I am free. I'll stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made me free. You can talk yourself, sing yourself, pray yourself, and live in the light. Will you do it? Will you do it? Will you take that will, that choice, which to God is so valuable that he gave his only son that you might have the chance to use it, that it might be preserved inviolate? Will you take that will, that choice, and use it for him, with him, in harmony with him? Don't forget that statement as the will of man cooperates with the will of God. It, what? The will of man becomes, what? Omnipotent. Friends, I think that is marvelous, don't you? Will you say it with me? As the will of man cooperates with the will of God, it becomes omnipotent. So the expulsion of sin is the act of the soul itself. Now, I must stop so that you can have time to say something. Why, it seems to me, friends, if I'd been sitting here listening, I'd just be longing for the chance to get on my feet and say something about this. Are you? Praise God. Praise God. It's wonderful to be free, isn't it? That's good. Brings a pile of books. <laughs> I like that. Him up, didn't he? Yes, he did. You couldn't do it without him. He won't do it without you. I want to know more of that truth day by day. Thank you. I've been hopeful I had to learn in Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress not to go on the grounds that belong to 
Doubting Castle, where old giant despair was. Keep out of those grounds. A million people today that are praying, Oh, Lord, take away, take away the tobacco from me. But they keep on reaching for it. What is it they expect God to do? Palsy their hands so they can't reach it? No, what they want God to do is to take away the desire for it. He does in some cases. What do you suppose? I surrender all. Isn't that nice? What's the number, brother? 573. 573. I surrender all. That's what to do with the will. Surrender it to Jesus. And remember, that's the way to be free. The only way to be free. I surrender all. Thank God for a will that can surrender. What do you say? But remember, when you surrender, he doesn't make a slave out of you. You're always free. You can always go back to the devil if you choose to. We're not going to, are we? Now, dear ones, as we sing, listen. If there's somebody here this morning needs to surrender to Jesus, either for the first time or because you've lost that sense of liberty, that full freedom, you'd like to come back to him this morning if there's something that stands between you and God. As doctor says, if there's something, some rubbish there, wouldn't you like to come and just give it to Jesus this morning? Give yourself to Jesus. And ask him for that help without which you are powerless. Is anybody like that here this morning that Jesus is calling? You just come up and kneel down here and we'll pray for you as we close this service.
to give us this opportunity to cause the life of the Son of God. I mean the opportunity to choose to be free. If there's one hesitating soul this morning, why not get the freedom that Jesus paid such a marvelous price to give you? Why not have it? It's offered you free gift. But oh, you, you must take it. You must take it. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Now, I cannot read your mind, your heart. Jesus can and does. If you're free, free in Jesus, this moment, thank him for it. If you're not, come and call on him for freedom. Ask him for deliverance. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Come as we sing this next sweet stanza. Jesus hears you. 
Let there be no doubt about it. Do not have any question about it. Jesus says, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. That is, it's impossible for him to cast you out. He hears you. He accepts you. He gives you his life, his power. And he will help you to go out from this chapel this morning free in him. Put your will on his side. Say, I will believe, I do believe that Jesus loves me and helps me and blesses me. Will the congregation kneel with these as we pray? Kind Father, we thank Thee with all our hearts that the trumpets of freedom are sounding, proclaiming liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. We thank Thee for the good news of deliverance through Christ that we've heard from the Holy Word this morning. And now we come to Jesus the blessed Christ who gave his life on the cross that we might have this liberty. We're sorry for every sin that has held us in bondage, and this morning we're giving it up. We're asking thee to come in and energize our souls that we may, from this moment on, live the life of freedom and victory. Greatly bless especially these who are kneeling at thine altar. Assure them of thy love, thy presence, thy acceptance. May they this moment go free in Christ. May they know that there are not men enough in this world nor devils in hell to force them to transgress. May they count themselves thy loving, accepted children and go home happy in the love of God. Dismiss us all with thy blessing, and may we share with others the good things thou hast shared with us. Bring us back to the table of the Lord, that we may share in that blessed communion, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.